Boy, howdy, everybody, and welcome back to another Fly Casual. Tonight, we're celebrating one of the greatest comedic actors of all time, one Don Knotts. So you're going to stick around because we're having Don Knotts of Palooza. Make sure your shoe's tight because you don't want to get them tied up in knots. Huh? Stick around for another Fly Casual. I get it. Let's get ready to wrinkle. No, you don't. You guys, for reals, we finally get rid of Mike for a handful of weeks, and you're still stepping all over the intro. Come on. Come on. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, we don't even have Mike to blame. You normally blame it on Mike's, like, you know, his, like, senility. He's got, you know, yeah. sundowners and all that. Mike's away. The mice will play. That's right. right. That's what they say. Yeah. He's got lungars. <laughs> what? How he's... How he's already Lungars? dropping in conversations that were not on the podcast. <laughs> no, don't do it again. No, oh, I thought we were starting. No, over. we're not doing it again. Oh, no, we're not doing it. Okay. No, no, no. This isn't the time loop episode. One of the things we discovered while hey, trying to find sure? some intro music for this podcast know, is that right. there's not that many songs that one might identify with Don Knotts. We tried our darndest to not use it because what if we do an Andy Griffith show episode? That could happen. It's not outside the realm of possibility. But but is it inside the realm? But of you know what? Yeah, 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 it is. And we'll use the second half where they're announcing all the actors. Yeah, because <laughs> he's closing his, credits. It's the last. It's actually, I think there's only three actors announced. It's the yeah. Andy Griffith Show, starring Andy Griffith and Ronnie Howard, Ronnie and featuring Howard. Don Knotts, or also starring Don Knotts, and that's the end. <laughs> they don't mention Ronnie Howard. They don't mention and others. Francis, whatever, Aunt B, ain't sorry, Aunt B. Or anything. Gomer Pyle. Well, Gomer, yeah, later on when Gomer shows up, they might mention him in the intro. I don't know. I think Gomer, well, we're going to get into all that crap later, I suppose. We don't need to talk about it right now because it is another episode of Fly Casual. Hey, 291. 291. Nailed it. 286 part five. Woo, woo, woo. Uh, the best thing come actually in be five parts. It'd be 286 part six, technically, because 286 part one would be 286. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Because you got to add five to get to 91. So it says this 286 the, uh, part six. We're officially in the sequel trilogy, right? Yeah. Yeah. You see, you see where I'm coming? How are you still looking at me like my math doesn't check out? <laughs> you no, know, Lord of the Rings was actually six books. Uh, yeah. yeah. So. Well, it was go. really only yep. three movies, so it's kind of like that. Yeah. Yeah. Nailed it. Yep. Hey, uh, I'm Corey. Uh, hi, over, hi, Corey. Over there is Mike's Empty's chair. Mike's Empty chair. Hi, Mike's Empty chair. And and we should probably uh, let everybody know that uh, Mike's not here because he has the clap. Have we used the clap yet? No. Mike's got well, the clap. You can always get it again. That's true. Oh, no. What are you doing? Howie's already off the rails, and we've just started. Is this not the episode we're doing? No. We're not doing this episode. No. No. You got, you got me all confused. Uh, I, it must be me. Over there, uh, out of master control, is Mr. Stephen J. Howie. Hi. My name is Garrick. No, it's not. I'm Garrick. Give me one of those things. Okay. See you. <laughs> okay. See you. Is that what I sound like? <laughs> yeah. Yep, you sound like a Canadian like Korean Kim. immigrant. Yeah. Uh, you guys call me Ope Appa now. No, I'm gonna call you Opie. I'm gonna call mm. you Appa Opie. I'm gonna call you Ama. I'm Appa. You're Ama. Appa. 
Omar. You're Janet. Janet. I love that show. So Andrea much. Bang is her name. That's her name? <laughs> yep. I know I get a laugh out of Garrick. Yeah, I get, yeah. If it was going to be one of us, it was going to be Garrick. <laughs> Don't be culturally, ins- cultural ins- culturally insensitive guys. It's- <laughs> It's such a foreign concept to him. He couldn't even put the words together. <laughs> I know. I don't even know how to say it right. Over there, across pond down a few minutes, Garrick Nache Hardy. What up? I'm here. Yeah, right. I'm, How- I'm, I'm Howie. Look at me. I'm <laughs> See? boop, boop, boop. Look, I'm pushing buttons. Ah, uh, boop, boop, <laughs> That's how he is. <laughs> Spinning the toggles. <laughs> Look at me. Hey, clicking the switches. These little things slide back and forth. They call them, <laughs> they call them slidey swoops. <laughs> Swoop ops. <laughs> hey, did you put oh, yeah. did you put dice and swoop ops? You're gonna want always to. put dice. Yeah, always yeah. put dice. And oh, don't forget beast riding. You're gonna want beast yeah. riding. That's the and things we learned from role play. Yeah, that's <laughs> the number one rule of Star Wars D6 role playing <laughs> is make sure you got at least 4D in beast riding. That's very versatile because. Everything in the galaxy can be considered a beast. The funny, yeah. Try hard enough. Yeah, I don't. I we've probably mentioned it before, but yeah, back when we played, we were first playing it. Our our friend of the show, James, was our GM, and he would all like you'd be like, "What should I do?" Yeah, yeah. You didn't do what you want. He was always very like, "Yeah, yeah, you know, do you do it? Do what interests you." You know, but then you'd get like almost done, and he go, "You should probably put points in. Uh, you should probably put some dice in, in beast riding." And you're like, oh, 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 a hint from the GM. Ooh. And you go right in. You take some dice from somewhere else and you shuffle them into beast riding. You're good to go. Never rode a beast. Not once in any of his campaigns. No, I think the only time it was ever used, somebody was, uh, I think, wrestling a Wookiee, got onto their back. Yeah. And was able to roll beast riding instead of uh, whatever the fighting skill was. Had that... Had that Wookiee been an NPC, I don't think that that would have been allowed. No. But the Wookiee was another player character, so it just made it that much funnier to demean him <laughs> because that was often the goal of several of the other players. Yeah, my beast riding is higher than my grapple skill, so... Uh... <laughs> Go for it. Now, that's <laughs> never the case for me. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, how about getting bucked off a beast? Can I have a high, high uh, D in that? Getting yeah. getting thrown, beast, beast buckaroo, beast, beast buckaroo. Actually, yeah. that's pretty much just beast riding at that point. I think. <laughs> yeah. That makes it sound like you're real good at it. I think yeah. that's official player class now, beast buckaroo. Beast buckaroo. It's gonna be. <laughs> yeah. That's actually my next player name. Next time I create a yep. character, will be beast buckaroo. What are you? What are you in a J.J. Abrams film? Yeah, oh, got him, got him, got him right in the kisser. That's what that Ow. was. Hey, speaking of kissing, it's time to talk about what's on our docket. Lots of kissing. We're going to be kissing in our docket? Maybe. We're talking about our sex lives. Oh, no. Josh, go home. Hold up. (laughs) (laughs) You're not doing any good back there. When I say sex lives, I mean Mandalorian. We're not doing that yet. I'm we, just saying. We all watch Mandalorian. No, it's not out yet. We all watch. By the time this episode airs, like the seventh episode of Mandalorian will be out. Mm, <laughs> if we're realistic, the ninth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll be one past the last one. We're just giving everyone time to catch up before we spoil. That's right. Mm, that's our favor to you, the listeners. Yes. Uh, no, no. It's all planned. This is what's on your docket other than Mandalorian. 
Kim's Convenience. I can tell because you're oh, over there yeah. making Kim's Convenience. Over breaks. halfway through the second season. Dude, it is so fast. You just and my wife and I it. are just um, 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 um. You can't um, stop. Um, um, um. Yeah. They're like Pringles, man. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. It is. Are they like crisps? The, yes. Right, do they call it's them? Yeah. The delight of. Are they like chips? Right? Are you eating them right like, chi- like you eat chip? You eat chip. Once you, you pop. Chip. You can't stop. I'm just telling you what, I'm glad I don't own a convenience store because, man, I'd be back grabbing bags of chips and whatever else Seriously. all the time. <laughs> Seriously. I the, would already be like, I would have been killed by my seventh or eighth heart attack by now yeah. if I had that much access to that much junk food all the time. You just go downstairs, uh, I want this. But then again, I can be pretty parsimonious. So maybe I would actually be in way better shape because I would look at everything as just money out of my pocket. Oh. Yeah, that's what you have to well, look at it, point. so at least it might help some. But then I'd also be bargaining like he does with Gerald. Gerald. <laughs> Gerald. I'd be constantly bargaining with everybody like, hey, I'll give you free chips for life. <laughs> like, you like free chips? You want free soda? You take my picture. <laughs> if I die first, I can't give you chips, and if you die, you can't get the chips. Kim's Convenience yes. is one of the best things that someone else discovered and told me about there's, <laughs> in a long time. There's so many good episodes, but the last one we just watched is probably my favorite just because the whole build up to um, him meeting his son at a dance club. Oh, him and Jung? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. We, we go two and a half se- or a season and a half of this. There's obviously some turmoil between the father figure and the son. Yeah, they haven't seen each other in like five years, even or, though they yeah. live in the same town. So, <laughs> so, so he thinks he's getting a, a text from this girl that he just met, and he's like, "I didn't know her number," and so, uh, ends up being it, it's a whole big story. But he doesn't <laughs> know he's meeting his dad. Yeah, he's the, texting his dad. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> so, but it ends up uh, ending. Pretty sweetly, but yeah. it's also hilarious knowing the backstory of all. Yeah. And there's well, the one time before that when they meet, it's after a surgery, and oh, he's right. high as a kite yeah. and has no idea that it's, like, he's talking yeah. to Jung, but he just assumes he dreamed the whole thing. Yeah. That was actually, for just a short, like, a 23-minute sitcom, yeah. that was, like, a really deep, yeah, cool moment <laughs> for, mm-hmm. a sh- for a show that keeps things light the whole time. The like, whole it time, is never yeah. not light. You know, it has like awkward, similar awkwardness at times to like The Office, but it's never that awkward. It's it's a show that's basically the comedy is all built around the awkwardness of politeness, <laughs> kind of. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's so good. Oh man, yeah, the characters are just amazing. They oh, are really well, yeah. and they Relevant. on paper, I don't think you could convince me that they would be. You know, like honestly, you, I mean, Andy pitched the show to us. Garrick, you watched it all the way through. And you guys kept talking about it, and I was just, literally, I was up one night, and I was like, oh, yeah, there's that. Oh, I forgot about that, because I did not care. And I, was, I started watching it, and I think I watched, like, it was, I started at midnight, and I think four episodes in, I'm like, I should probably go to sleep. <laughs> but I was, I could have kept well, watching it. And they're, for the most part, so light that you don't go away feeling like this heavy, like, no emotional thing. No. And it's just. And you're never. On the floor the whole time, dying laughing. Either. No, no. It's just so nice and easy to watch, and it's hilarious. And, yeah, legitimately funny yeah. at the same time. 
Kim's Convenience available on the Netflix. I don't know about Canada. Maybe Canada it's somewhere else because it was on some kind of Canadian TV. Yeah. But for in the U.S., it's on the Netflix. So whatever whatever device you have, hit the Netflix button on that remote because almost all devices have a Netflix button now, which leads to my docket. Oh, my docket is not a show. Oh, it's not a movie. movie. Not a game. Oh. And uh, it's, it's not even Metallica it's, albums. And manga. it's not your miter saw. It's not, not my miter saw. However, I have finally Comic. gotten that thing out and you used did. it. did, wow. Yes. Oh, gosh, it's massive. Jeez, it is so That's big. I don't know how I'm going to make room for that thing. Anyway, she I knew that was coming. Uh, oh, okay. Yep. Doing it. I waited for you that time. <laughs> I told you, sex life. <laughs> um, it, the, it's a new device. That I bought my Roku. I wasn't serious about sex life. Was starting to uh, spaz out a little bit, like uh, you know, certain apps would like re- be rebuffering like every fifteen minutes and stuff. And I was getting a little annoyed. And I'm thinking, you know, this thing is almost near constant use, and that tiny, tiny, tiny little Wi-Fi chip is running hot all the time. Maybe after a couple years, you know, all my like even my original Roku, like Gen One Roku, if I plugged it in right now, it would probably work. It, those things, they you know, they last, but, you know, this was the first one that I bought that was a stick. And it wasn't the cheap stick. It was the better stick with, the, like, the volume rocker and stuff on the side. But I was like, you know, maybe it's time to, you know, put this guy out to a pasture or meaning move it into another room in the house. But the main room needed a new device. And a friend of the show, uh, Christopher, was hot trying to sell me on the NVIDIA Shield TV. And oh. he's been on the shield train for a while. And I was Not like, sure why, but yeah, I, that's the thing. I'm like, all right, but it's always been super expensive. Well, the new, new one's like 150 bucks. And I was either going to do that or get the Roku premiere, the puck, whatever the newest, they change the names like every year, but the, the big one that's a hundred bucks. And so I was like, well, I guess I'll give it a shot for 50 bucks, but you know, 4k and all that it's like a the device is like an inline device it's like a cylindrical tube it's meant to just hang behind your television or in my case be stuffed behind the speaker bar on the mantle but uh yeah i've been fiddling with that for the last several days trying to get everything just right the setup was not as easy as i like uh what i discovered and this is not true at all but what i discovered is that uh do you, you remember when you used to go update your nvidia drivers on your pc for your video card and I and still have to. It would be like, hey, it's a 589 megabyte download just for video drivers. You're like, that sucks. And you hit start, and it's like, all right, half a megabyte, one megabyte. Because their servers were horrible, <laughs> and I'm sure always getting constantly pelted by everyone, right? So these mm-hmm. gigantic files, and they're so slow. The last time I went to update my video card drivers, I was like, oh no, another 589 megabytes. But it was like zip. It was like steam fast. And I was like, oh, they must have upgraded. Well, apparently they put the operating system updates for the Shield TV on the old servers because <laughs> I plug it in and I didn't get to use it for an hour and a half. The steam powered servers. Yeah. Yeah. Like literal steam. Like literal power. steam, not not steam yeah. steam. But right. uh, not real steam. Not real steam. Literal steam. Different. No, literal steam. Literal. Like, oh, literal steam. Not real steam. Yeah. I'm water vapor. <laughs> Actual this boiler driven servers. Uh, they were shoveling coal into a furnace. Yeah. 
So it needed, I couldn't do anything. It right away needed to do uh, like a, a full update and it took an hour and a half to download, I think 80 megabytes. And so I was already like Ray ripped the thing out and take it back to Best Buy. <laughs> I was like, oh, you are not making a good first impression, pal. But I let it go. I, I did a couple other things. I had issues with like getting the sound to do the pass through on my TV because if I took it to the speaker bar, I couldn't have the 4K because speaker bar is like, what? 4K? What's that? I can't pass that through. So it only do 1080p. So I'm like, I got a 4K TV. It's not. Well, those look the same anyway, to be honest. I, <laughs> I, my 4K TV is not the best for it's older, it's older 4K TV. And so there's, it's really hard to tell the difference. It really is. But this, I will say, once I finally got it all shaken out and I got all, you know, the apps installed and logged in and, and everything's kind of working the way I want, man, I am getting better picture quality and I'm not going to chalk it up to 4K. I'm going to chalk it up to their, uh, They've got, it's got like AI enhanced, like picture processing. Oh, AI. I know. Yeah. It's, it's tracking me, man. It's have fun with your murder bots. Yeah. It's <laughs> just going to roll over to me and explode. <laughs> but I mean, it, the picture looks really good. The apps are like super responsive. Like it used to be, if I loaded up Netflix, it was like 10 to 15 seconds. It's like two seconds on this thing. Whoa. That's fast. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I'm, I do like it. The remote takes a little getting used to anything that they wanted to keep it skinny. So like forward is above the play button and rewind is below the play button. And you're going to just get that wrong constantly. Yeah, that's strange. Yeah. But I mean, skinny remote, easy to hold in your hand. Uh, Overall, I like it. The NVIDIA app store kind of stupid. Like there's games, right? Roku. That's one place where Roku sucks with game, anything game support. And, uh, but this thing is Android based, so it's really easy for people to. It is the Android store, right? Like the Google Play. Store yeah, there is a Google Play store. It's uh, there are certain things that won't show up there because they're just not compatible or something like that. But like you can, can I play uh, Candy Crush. I would assume so. I'm not Sweet. sure though. I'm in. Like I'm in. Crossy Road was right there at the top of the list, and it's like, hey, works with your remote, and I'm like, okay, the kid can play Crossy Road. She likes that game. She's a kid. They're dumb. And Sounds like an easy game. I downloaded Crossy Road, and the first thing that comes up is an age verification touchscreen interface. <laughs> and I, there's the remote does nothing. Whoa, what kind of game is this? I know. Well, no, it's just I think it's because there's in-game purchases or something like I don't know. But I'm like, there's in-game no way to get past purchases. it. There's literal like you can hit every button. You cannot pass the screen. I'm like, wait a minute. It was right at the front of the, hey, here's an easy thing. You can do this. And then it's like, oh, very clearly you cannot. <laughs> so it's just like, but I like it. I, it synced up easily to a DualShock controller. You're supposed to be able to stream your Steam games. And you're like, actually, anything that's set up in your like your NVIDIA uh, or your GeForce experience on your PC. Does it stream better than that stupid uh, Steam thingy, whatever it's called? Um, not over Wi-Fi, and I haven't plugged in the Ethernet yet. So I got to run an Ethernet lineup behind my TV because I kind of want to take advantage of that. But the only thing was I did fire it up just to see how it worked, and I had the DualShock controller fired up Minecraft. And yeah, it looked like crap because it was over Wi-Fi. But uh, it's like it's like, hey, you can use your stick as a mouse. Do that, and I'm like, oh, okay. But then I'm thinking, why shouldn't it just detect that I'm using a gamepad and let me? Oh navigate like you have a magic wand yeah Yeah. wave it around yeah i'm like should i just be able to navigate using the gamepad controls and the answer to that was no like i could move a cursor around on the screen that i don't want to see i'm holding a gamepad why would i want to work with a cursor? you know what i mean so and this is just minecraft 
I'm not doing something, you know, weird or rare. So I haven't really figured out if the game streaming, which is supposed to be a huge part of this, you know, the, the appeal of this thing, I haven't figured out if long-term that's going to work for me, but I'm thinking I'm not, I think I'm going to hold on to it just because of how responsive and snappy it is. So that's what I've been, that's what I've been docketing with. Noise. Yeah. Yeah. Garrick, that leaves you. That's me. I'm next. Uh, so guys, yes, I don't know if you've ever heard of this book mm-hmm. series called, mm-hmm. um, the Dresden files. Memory does not serve. My memory only goes back about 40 years. So I don't <laughs> know what that is anymore. Yeah. So the Dresden files, it's a book series by one Jim butcher. Who's uh, also wrote other series that are quite good. But this is uh, based, I think we've talked about a lot of it this in the past. Yeah. It's basically a Harry Dresden is a wizard that lives in Chicago and he does like gumshoe work. Yeah. It's like a private eye at the beginning, but obviously the series things progresses and things get worse for him. Yeah. The, the pitch, the, the elevator pitch at the start of it is, yeah, he's, he's the, uh, you can find him in the yellow pages under wizard. Yeah. he'll he'll find he's the finder of lost things you know yeah yeah so this i know Corey's kind of alluded it to to it just now uh jim butcher was went on kind of a hiatus for about six years yeah at between literally uh, right when everything got gigantic goes i'm out yeah (sighs) well he had a lot of life yeah stuff happening like he moved i think he got married and he got married and divorced and a dog died and there was all kinds yeah of stuff. All, all this other stuff so he finally finally this yeah, year he wrote other books yeah wrote released. other books exactly <laughs> yeah yeah his other book one book i think every you know. george R. R. martin fan right now is like oh i'm playing the smallest violin yeah like oh five years <laughs> <laughs> your life's so terrible <laughs> yeah oh, i'm still waiting for wins of winter i bet freaking day Okay. Yeah. Anyway, so we finally released not one book, mm-hmm. but two books this year. Dos mm-hmm. Bucotes. Dos Bucos. Book Manos. That, dos Libres. Dos Libros. Book Duel. Libres, por favor. So I released one in July, and I read that one. It's called Peace Talks. I and that one was to... not the best book. Mm-hmm. Um, you kind of. Tell he was. You know why they released maybe the dialing year. it in a little bit because in his writing you can really f- like kind of you you kind of understand him because he puts a lot of himself I think into the main character. Yeah, and this one it was just like it, it's just like him like oh yeah and then I did this and then I did that oh, okay and then then we got here okay next book now the the one I'm, that's really on my docket is the book that just came out last month mm-hmm. called Battleground. And um, wow, that book is insane. They really, <laughs> it is insane. I don't want to spoil anything, but yeah, from what don't. I felt, Peace Talks was lacking. Battleground made up for <laughs> in spades. Like maybe it was wise. Maybe maybe I mean maybe him and his you know publisher or agent or whoever. Maybe they sat there and said, you know, you should probably ease yourself back into did, this. Did they need? Yeah. Did uh did he need to do peace talks? Is it like critical? I, I the peace talks it sets up a lot for battleground, but uh, half of the book is mainly getting you reacquainted with the universe, which is yeah. you know which after a fine. long hiatus, 
Yeah, and that I mean it's fine. It seemed kind of like an interlude book. Like, okay, right. This is where this person's currently at, and this is how we know them. And you know, he he went through all the ma- main and some of the minor characters. Mm-hmm. Through uh, uh, there was a you know there was a storyline in it that ended up at the end of the book setting up battleground, which is great. Um, but it was just like not as exciting as. Mm-hmm. His past books. And for those, I mean, we haven't really talked about it. The style of these books is really like quirky, fast moving. Yeah, it's first person and they're very stream of consciousness of that character, but Mm -hmm. they move quickly. He gets into situations often. The sometimes the results are just slick and fast and sometimes they're big and bombastic. And then as soon as there's a moment to breathe, there's a bunch of humor, like some real just like access yeah, level all, humor and then the next scene nerd pop culture yeah. references oh like star wars references everywhere full. yeah <laughs> yes yeah. star wars star trek yeah every everything doctor who anything you can think of yeah i mean i okay i don't want to spoil anything because someone who's reads like the first book uh stormfront is not going to have any idea how this could possibly happen but just imagine yourself having a discussion with an archangel about whether star <laughs> trek or star wars is better there you go there you go <laughs> yep yeah <laughs> Yeah, that's like if listeners have not read the series, I, I highly suggest starting. It's currently at 17 books. Yeah. So it may be it, somewhat honestly, of a daunting They go task. fast. They, they are really fast. Very the easy, epitome uh, of popcorn yeah. reads. Yeah. And Jim Butcher, you know, he, the thing I like about his books is the most is he mixes that humor. Mm-hmm. He's really good at that humor, the mm-hmm. dialogue and all that and character development, but he really can write a really awesome action sequence. Yeah. You like know you what's never, going on. Yeah. You always know what's going on. Yeah. It's, I don't know how he does it. The like only that. other person I feel like is as good as him is Stackpole. Yeah. Stackpole. Or Zahn's, Ron, Zahn's real close, real close. Yeah. But yeah, like that Zahn is hard Ron. to do. <laughs> yeah. Like, but his, oh man, his fight sequences, because he, he's not only doing like the physical combat, but he, he has that extra layer of like magical, um, ability like magical powers and stuff like that you know like you read harry potter and they're like oh i'm using this curse expelliarmus oh i'm using this curse you know yeah but this he's like explaining in the heat of the moment like why how this works somewhat and what what like how the magic itself works and how it it drives just driven by like emotion and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, and like and how it's personalized too. Yeah. Like like so his good. his spells, like especially I think it's it's either Stormfront or Full Moon where he explains Flickumbicus. <laughs> yeah, they all have <laughs> when he has to create flame, his his invocation is Flickumbicus because yeah. flick your bick. It made sense to him. <laughs> and so he's channeling it through the thing that it's it's really cool how he and, Yeah, you're and right. There's a reason why they have to all, all the wizards have different words for the different things they do because mm-hmm. words he explains it way yeah. better than i could ever but they, i guess it boils down to like words are our power to that person and that's how they focus what spell they want to use and yeah. it's like you can use it without you know words but you're gonna end up like really damaging yourself because there's no focus when you try to expel the magic it's, yeah it's really cool and well thought out that's the funny thing is that i've in the the fantasy novels that i've attempted where it's like, all right, I got to learn a new magic system. I'm never into it. I'm always like, all right, I guess that's our explanation. When Butcher yeah. <laughs> writes it, I'm like, yeah, uh huh, ah. exactly. Like, I'm like, like, I'm like, literally reading, you know, a like a textbook, 
Yeah, it's on, like a, but um, I cannot like a technical manual for magic. But yet he <laughs> writes it in a way that's so it's like meaningful yet so silly, silly like accessible at a silly level. It and is ah, so yeah. great, and yeah, that's what I can't stand about most fantasy novels. It's like, well, I'm doing this spell, and it's super powerful because it fits the purpose. I'm like, oh, okay, sure, yeah. why not? Yeah, it's like there's, I'm like, but why? But it's it's hardly ever answered. Yeah. But yeah, but then definitely. You read Jim Butcher, and he, you know he's in a scene. He's like, "Wait a minute, this guy knows that we know how to animate the dead. I can do that." <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm having a big emotional moment reading about something that I saw when I, you know, in an elementary school field trip. Oh, yeah, that's another thing about Battleground. That the oh my god, like I've never been so close to crying <laughs> during a book. Oh, really? Like, more than once. I'm if you like, were close to crying, that means I'm going to need like to change the sheets <laughs> because I will have bawled my eyes out. <laughs> yeah, it was intense. Oh, man. Um, front to back. Just like, but yeah, ch- definitely check out the series. And if Peace Talks turns you off for whatever reason, suggest to, to get back in with yeah. Battleground. Well, I'm excited to hear you say this because after everybody, all the, the friend group's reaction to Peace Talks, because I've been kind of like, Ever ever since they announced that Butcher was going to be finally releasing new novels in the series, I was like, I I don't care. It's been so long that I can't remember what happened because things got so intense. There were so many books coming so fast and I was just gone. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, so I started going back and reading like just some synopses and stuff because I don't have time to read them all again. And uh, I would enjoy them, I'm sure, if I did. But uh, I was reading some synopses and I'm like, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I remember that. Oh yeah. Well, but I still kind of had this feeling like I don't trust him. <laughs> I can't, I can't, I can't get my heart broken again. So I'm glad to hear you guys say that. Cause that makes it a little more encouraging to dive back in. Oh yeah. Uh, good, 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 good. That means it's time for some knit, 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 knit news. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Hey, the news is that episode one of Mandalorian came out today. Hey! Yay! Of season two. Of season two. Yeah. Chapter nine. Chapter nine. Chapter F and nine. Marshall. 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 See for yourself. Marshall. So, okay. I did not. Spoilers ahead. Spoilers. There, I did it. I did did not think that they were going to come out of the gate swinging this hard. Uh, no, I mean, I was expecting a low key. Let's get back into the swing of things. Yeah. And Filoni and Favreau were like, (laughs) they didn't do the first episode last season. So what made you think that this, well, I mean, mean, they decapitated a dude within the first 30 seconds. Well, yeah, but that was just the cold open. I mean, that, that episode slowed down, Actually, it, the cold did it. Actually, it slowed down even during the cold open because then they're on the ship and Horatio Sands saying he's got to make and he's like, well, the toilet's back there and they freeze them and that's the end of the cold open. I mean, it slows down <laughs> right away <laughs> and it, it maintained a pretty slow well, pace. Just because someone gets frozen doesn't mean it slowed down. Until the last scene with him and I fight a monster with a stick and... Okay. So it was slower than this. Um... <laughs> Either way, <laughs> it wasn't just the amount of action. It was also there were slow parts in this one too. Remember? There were there the were definitely people. the sand people scenes were pretty slow. That's true. The it first was an part hour of the sand long people. Now. Yeah, it was a longer episode. Yes, yeah, which is awesome. Yeah, keep that up, please. Um, 
Holy oh, every episode's going to double in length. So the other thing I didn't expect Ooh. is any of the people that we heard had been cast. I didn't think we'd see them in this episode. Mm-mm. I figured they were just going to keep stuff in their back pocket, take it nice and slow. But I mean, half of the trailer is in the first episode, which it was smart. Yep. Uh, and then boom, Michael Bean's there. Yep. Michael Bean? Mr. Bean. Yep. Who? Did I get his name wrong? Yep. Johnny Ringo. Where? Oh my gosh, Garrick. Where was he? I the just... Marshal. No, that was Timothy Oliphant. No. Uh huh. It was? No, it wasn't. I'm gonna the actor? Yeah. yeah <laughs> the <Timothy> actor? Oliphant. <laughs> yeah, no, no, my neighbor, Timothy Oliphant. <laughs> oh. No way, dude. That was Johnny Ringo. No. It was Timothy Oliphant. You don't realize that Timothy Oliphant and Johnny Ringo do look alike. <laughs> you're you're seeing why is right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to I encourage you to IMDB that. Oh, <laughs> uh, Howie's clicking away. So I I'm can't assuming. even find the episode link. I'm on IMDB. Where the heck is? I don't are think you? I don't think Timothy Oliphant's that great yet, buddy. Oh, he is. That's Johnny Ringo. Your mom's. Did then we, why is there a red scarf? Did we, yeah? Why is he wearing a red? Why is he wearing a red sash? Because huh? he's he's because uh, he's Johnny freaking Ringo. That was Michael Bean, bro. Just uh, t- just search Timothy Oliphant and look under his IMDb credit. Did you find it there? I'm, I can't even bring yes. up the episode list. You're looking at it right now, Garrick. Yes. Yeah, why are you torturing Howie? No, I, I'm. Just, I'm telling you that I know, and you guys are. Now wait a minute. Me. I'm just going along with you, Corey, because I think it's fun. Well, <laughs> I'm like I'm having an identity crisis right now. It's just not my identity. Yeah. You what, need to save Johnny Ringo for later. Did man. we, did we, were we told that Timothy Oliphant was going to be in this? Yes. We did know that? Yes. Okay. Well, I that did. fell I out at some point. I thought that the whole time I thought it was Johnny Ringo. That would have been cool. <laughs> <laughs> but now that you say it's Timothy Oliphant, I'm thinking in my head, yeah, it was Timothy Oliphant. Wanna... Which, oh, goes to the, which goes to one of the points I wanted to bring up. <laughs> it, sure, it sure was, is him. <laughs> freaking awesome in this i mean like, come on <laughs> I mean, it absolutely is well, but I, they have similar features <laughs> do they now yes i think the like same I'm, character shows I'm up later i'm not a huge timothy oliphant fan <laughs> at all because i think he dials it in a lot um yeah i don't find him very believable sometimes i find him amazing and sometimes i was like okay i don't find you very believable man yeah but this holy crap he was awesome yeah I don't feel like I have the credibility to say much at this point. <laughs> he was great. Even when he was Michael Bean in my head, he was great. He was so good. He was so he good. Was, I thought he was, he was Michael. Michael. He became Michael Bean. <laughs> you have that credibility. <laughs> I mean, technically, we don't know they're not the same person. He's reached the peak of his career. In have my they ever eyes. been in the same movie together? I don't know. Been seen in public together? I don't know. Who's mm. how do you, Michael Bean? I don't know how to spell his last name. B I E H N, maybe something like that. There's an H in there somewhere, but uh, yeah, that was Timothy. It was definitely Timothy Oliphant. Oh my gosh, similar facial facial features. You know, I was I even said to Howie, man, Michael Bean looks really good because <laughs> he's older. Both white dudes. <laughs> yeah, I I confuse all skinny people. To, and I even said, I even said, man, Michael Bean looked really short in Tombstone, but it's, I guess because everybody else in that movie is really tall. 
<laughs> now that I'm thinking back at it, I'm like, I was doing everything I could to not realize that was Timothy Oliphant. Oh my gosh. You're in denial about how good he was. Well, he's sitting there. I mean, okay, I didn't watch a lot of Deadwood. So if I'm gonna see if I'm expecting either. Michael Bean to show up, if I'm expecting Michael Bean to show up and I see a dude walk in, take off a mask, he's wearing a red sash, he's got the mustache just like Johnny Ringo had, my brain immediately like started slamming wires together and just taping them up. So, yeah. But I guess there's a lot of Deadwood fans out there that are like, what? How would you? How? No, my mind went to Johnny Ringo right away. <laughs> and I was yeah, convinced that the red sash was specifically to represent the red sash that all the Cowboys wore. That would have been cool. Right, but... right. My headcanon works. Yeah. Ish. It could still happen. It could. You don't, you don't know. It could still happen. That was Timothy Oliphant. He didn't even sound like Timothy Oliphant when he talked. No, he didn't. Because that's the thing. That's... Tim, Timothy Oliphant has kind of like a, a, a forced growl that I think is kind of dumb a lot of times. Yeah. You should not have forced was... powers. No, no. Forced growl is a very, it's a small, <laughs> it's a very latent force power. Man, I feel that man growling from over here. Yeah. So anyway, his character, Cobb Vanth, yes. was in the Aftermath novel. Um, as an interlude, I don't know if you guys knew that ahead of time. I did not. No. Yeah. So that whole s- in the in the show. Oh uh, yes, I, I remember we'll, now. I'll guess we'll go ahead and spoil it. Cobb, that whole scene where he was buying the Mandalorian armor off the Jawas, uh, that was in the book. I, I like during scene this for whole scene. during this whole episode, I'm thinking, man, okay. sounds familiar about all this. Well, I, well, I was like, I remember that scene. No, it was, dude, there, it was Timothy Oliphant. I'm telling I'm you, like, how does this, how does that connect to this? I wonder how they got the the. Uh, but no, now it's like, oh yeah, that that was him. I I did see today on the internet. I saw a few like tweets and stuff like you know Chuck Wendig resurrected from psycho death or turd hell or whatever. Like these are like I'm paraphrasing, but that's literally the way people were painting him in the articles because you know. He, you know, got fired or left Star Wars and kind of went off the deep end mentally with all the bad press and or bad toxic fans with quoting no, fingers. See, this is and this is what Floney and Favreau do. This yes. is what they do. They they take what is there in existence, like Zuvio. Yeah. And yeah, <laughs> Zuvio's hanging out at the fight. Yeah, and they put that, it in there. Zuvio it, creature. It, it's three dollar yeah. black series figure is now worth three fifty. You're welcome. <laughs> it, you know they say now they this is part more. of Star Wars. Yeah. We're going to put it in and make it Slap cool. The Mando still. title. Yep. 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 All you did bring the boxes out of the back. You know, the dust off them. Put them right and back really, on the pegs. Like I was not a huge fan of the aftermath novels, but Cobb Vanth that those interludes. I think there's like two or three of them. Those were my favorite parts of those books, and they were only like three chapters total. Yeah, and I I don't remember. I'm sure I got a, a little bit of it, but I don't remember because I didn't finish those books. Actually, if they weren't in the first book, I wouldn't have seen them at all. So, but yeah. Okay, so now I can contextualize all, because the thing is, I was seeing these headlines and tweets and things and avoiding, like immediately averting my eyes until I was able to watch the episode. I was even averting my eyes to my text chain that you guys <laughs> lit up and I'm, oh, like, I, 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 and I'm like i don't know if they're texting right you, you don't you, know when you when you guys are going crazy back and forth i'm like oh they're talking well, about it <laughs> actually most of 90 percent of that quote back and forth was just garrett cursing at us trying to tell us to watch the show see, <laughs> and yeah. me saying no i'm still working and garrett <laughs> saying you know f work Go watch the show. <laughs> He's saying <laughs> no because work interrupts me and work sucks and it will be infectious and make Mando suck. No, 
And then I did anyway at some point, eventually take yeah, a break and watch a show. Yep. You came to your senses finally. Yeah. Oh, man. Man, 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 Mando, man. Mando, so, man. Holy crap. How many welcome backs are we going to have? I don't, in this I don't, I mean, 50 minute show. I don't, I don't even know how, where to begin to count. I mean, I well, let's do the big one. The big pearl at the end. Well, that's the, that was the one the most meaningful for me was Crate Dragon Pearl. Welcome back. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Crate Dragons in general, right? I mean, no, well, been named Obi Wan. Obi Wan did the Crate Dragon call in Ep Four. Yeah, but they've never been named. Uh, no, but it's still been. It's it's always been a part of canon. It's never been not in canon. Which is you bring up the Obi Wan call. They, I love that tie-in. Yeah. Yeah. Well, wait, before, they, before we move past the pearl, oh, okay, before we move sorry. past pearl, yeah, yeah, that's that's definitely. I was thinking the same thing. But before we move past pearl, um, the reason why I was so excited about the pearl is that as soon as they named it, called it a crate dragon, and this is meaningful for me. Gosh, poor Don Knotts. <laughs> this is meaningful for me. Um, I never doubted for a second that by the end of the episode, I was going to see a crate dragon pearl. <laughs> Now, yep. in all the rest of Star Wars media, I'm kind of like, well, maybe, maybe they'll, maybe they'll do something cool, maybe. Uh, well, uh, but they don't like us old fans very much. Uh, we're all mean, horrible, toxic basement dwelling in our mom's basement. We hate women. Like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's so all coming out. It's, it's. I'm just like, I'm like, uh, uh, they hate us so. Uh, but like watching this, I was like, Cray Dragon. Almost oh, see Cray Dragon Pearl. It's gonna <laughs> happen. I didn't even question it. I was just waiting. I was like, oh, they're all digging through the corpse. Pull it out. Pull it out. Pull it. You know what you, you pull it out. There it is. That was me. Yeah. I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah, there's two things that I wanted to see with crate Dragons as soon as they named it. Mm -hmm. They have sensitive tummies and there's a pearl inside. Yep. And I got both of them. Yep. Well, well I'll give you sensitive tummies. <laughs> it wasn't that sensitive, though. No, well, it is, a, it is a dragon. Now, that the fact just, that they were that's just like, the traveling underground like a tremor's worm and yes, busting out a mountain. We did that get that's legit. Not seen, but forgivable. Because we got it was legit awesome. Star Wars tremors, right? And that's the thing. Yeah. Remember, we had the we had the Star Wars tremor things, and was it Jedi Academy? You're in the crash ship, and you couldn't stand on the sand. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not the same thing. That wasn't a crate dragon, but at the same time, you know, fine. I'm bringing it because it brought me back, remind, remind, made me remember that that map, yeah. that level. Welcome back. Oh yeah, and the, and the Obi Wan. Uh, yeah, back to that. That's not a welcome back, but no. that, the the continuity and the tie-in. Yeah, it's right when the the, the crate dragon starts to retreat after they fire the ballistas at it and stuff like that. And they're pulling at it, and they're throwing their grenades at it, and it starts to charge forward again. It does this thing where it bucks up in the air and and roars, and that's when the same people get like dragged way up in the air that are holding onto the ropes and stuff. And the roar that it lets out right then, there is if it's not the actual sound in there, it's very close to the exact sound that Obi Wan makes to scare off the sand people mm -hmm. in that floor. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, I, I I noticed that immediately. It was very obvious to me. Mm. Uh, and I'm like, oh, that's perfect. You know, yeah, those yeah. little things mm. See, just this, to tie it all together. This is what I like. So they do, I guess, I, I don't know. I'm going to maybe, this is how I think, but there's positive fan service and there's negative fan service. Absolutely. Like, absolutely. Positive fan service is, and you, to me anyway, is if it's good and, and useful to the plot, like it, it makes sense plot wise to do it. 
And it, it just little things you can put in there, like a sound of crate dragon. Yeah, yeah. Or and or it, if it has nothing to do with the plot, but you spend no time on it, it's just something that passes in the yeah. background. Like well, negative well, fan service. Was it was like, it Windig that wrote something about Corellians and you never tell them the odds or something like that? Yeah, it's that was literally like, every author in every yeah, novel. That, that's a bad fan service. Bad yeah, fan yeah, service it's like, like Doctor yeah. Evazon and. And Panda Baba showing up in Rogue One for no no reason. That Any, was just like, yeah. look at me, look, here we are. Anytime like, you take the time to bring things to a screeching halt, turn to the camera and wink, that's bad fan service. I, I could, there was one, <laughs> one part where I'm like, oh, they're going to do it. They're going to do negative fan service. And that's when they were talking to the Tuscans. I'm like, oh, they're going to bring up some legend of some shadowy guy with a red sword coming out and murdering them all. But they didn't do that. No. I'm um, I mean, it was so easy to do. And were... there are other writers and at Disney who would definitely write that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Cobb, Cobb Vanth is flying around on, like, Anakin's freaking uh, pod racing engine. And no, like, it, wasn't, it wasn't Anakin's, but it was definitely very similar. Oh, no. Have you seen the side-by-sides? They no. are almost identical. Really? <laughs> like the little foils oh, That's because the they got it. They, they got it. Obviously, it's a they bit of heat up. They dragged it out. <laughs> yeah, they, they didn't want to have to create something new. It's like, <laughs> we, it's, we're spending all of our money in special effects right now. Wait, wait, wait. It's wait. like, that is a cool fan service. You mean because... to tell me that a swoop... Once again, is actually a seat strapped to an engine. Yeah, he just well, strapped it to the side of the engine. <laughs> That's how they were described back in the day in the Han Solo yeah. series, man. Which is great. Yeah. Said so a swoop was basically a seat strapped to an engine. That's what it is. Yeah. I loved yeah. the fact that he was just scooting around with a pod race engine. <laughs> just strapped a chair to it and mm-hmm. some controls to make it go forward and backwards. Yep. Absolutely. Um... We should probably, there's a, another welcome back that we should probably get out of the way, which is uh, Boba Fett lives! Welcome Woo! Probably! <laughs> yes! Probably! Oh, oh, man. We don't know for sure. We don't know for sure. Was the best scene I've ever seen in my life. I pooped my pants, though. I did. Pooped them. I had to change them. Pooped them good. And then, and then while I was changing them, I thought about it again, and then I had to clean the floor up. Yep. Yeah. Pooped the floor. Poop, pooped the floor. Yep. Ah. Uh, that last shot, I was like, oh man, he looks all burnt. Like his, like his ears are like fused to his head and stuff. Like he's, you know, he's, mm-hmm. so I'm thinking definitely Boba Fett. It, you, it could be Rex. No, shut up. I'm saying it could be. Shut up. You, oh, you'd be upset if Rex is hanging out. I wouldn't. If it, if, if I had it means no Boba Rex Fett, Boba I would be Fett. upset. Yeah. If it but. means no, okay. If it has to be an either or situation. Rex I, I guess not fit the plot of that story. You, but he could. But you know how you didn't no. question the pearl. I'm not questioning <laughs> the fat. <laughs> That's right. I'll give you that. That's Boba Fett. Dude. I mean, he's badass. He's hanging out in the desert with a burnt up face. Yeah, he his head. He's got a. He's got a. He's got, got, a, he's got a bantha. A, he's got a bantha flosser. <laughs> and a big ass gun, and he's in like he looks like a monk or something. It, well, he's wearing. He's carrying the exact same rifles that the sand people carry. And he has the gaffy stick. So I, I'm wondering if he's been like just pretending he's a Tuscan Raider who's oh, just wow. out on his own or something like that. Yeah. But yeah. Oh, he's. And that guy looks badass no matter what. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's going to want that armor. You back have the Mandalorian yeah, trying to find other Mandalorians, and they're obviously pointing him to Boba Fett. Uh, who, it, it, who, all the, all the nerds that aren't like, 
us nerds. Yeah. Other nerds to, well, both us dominant orange. Shut up. Neither is Jin. <laughs> But or, yeah, yeah. but it it it, ha- it clearly has to be Boba Fett, and if I'm wrong, I if, if not, I'm I, lying, I'm, I'm not dying. Wrong. I'm not wrong. So there. If, if I'm, I'm wrong, wrong, I'm not wrong. There you go. If you're wrong, then Filoni is making a big mistake. Mm-mm, mm-mm, don't believe it. Mm-hmm. Don't believe it. Mm-hmm. I, I yeah, the fact that we've still I I I would have never thought in the first episode of the season they'd be like. Oh, and by the way, Boba Fett's totally alive. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, I mean, there's the bait and switch, obviously, when not Michael Bean walks in wearing the armor. But it's so obvious. <laughs> it that it's is. Not it's him. like too yeah. dang skinny yeah. and all that. Like, that's I love that part. He yeah. walks in and it's supposed to be, oh, it's Boba Fett. And yeah. You're like, no, that's that's not <laughs> even. Farmer yeah. doesn't even fit. He's yeah. like, <laughs> he's like two feet taller. Yeah. Than, and and, than and, and you're not even. You're not supposed to believe it's Boba Fett. You're just. You're literally supposed to. I mean. Okay. You're supposed to be like, oh, Boba Fett's Timothy armor. Oliphant's <laughs> shirt is never that tight for the rest of the episode. Like, it's super tight to make him look really, really skinny. It is like that first shot. He looks, he does not look that skinny for the rest of the episode. It, that shot was meant to make you know, here's Boba Fett's armor. <laughs> that was all that was you were supposed to get from that other than, did Boba Fett get really old and frail? Like, maybe you ask yeah. that question of yourself. But, <clears throat> I mean... Jeez, first episode. First yeah. episode yeah. season. Like what? when he takes off the helmet and the Mandalorian's like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah. And then he meets Yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> the closest thing you get to a little rascal's double take underneath yeah. a Mando helmet. Whoa, what? <laughs> yeah. His ears stood up like a dog. <laughs> you know the old shots you tie the strings around the shaggy dog's ears and lift them up? Yep. That was comedy. That was comedy gold. Mm-hmm. That's and the yeah. crate dragon going through the middle of the street. Yeah, just like going right through downtown then paradise. They, then they apparently have to tamp down. They're so used to this, they have to yes, tamp down. Yes, so, okay, <laughs> this actually may be, although this episode is full of amazing things, This, you know what's going to suck? We're just going to have to, well, we can't do it a week, and every other week, two-episode recap of Mandalorian. <laughs> 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 it's going to make content super easy. Um, this amazed me. So right after this, you know, the crate Dragon tears down the street of the town, there's people like me who are going, well, that's going to be real dangerous to walk out there. All that loose sand, there could be air pockets. So people could get sucked under like they're in a, like, and they're in a, like a corn silo. You got to be careful. Oh, they got to tamper. It's fine. It's the next shot you see is this, I, it, this <laughs> there, like lady sitting there with like yeah. a, with a, with like a spinner, like welder tool. And, and a couple of shots of people putting things back yeah, together. And then it pans up from her yeah. to them walking. And the thing that she's fixing is like a jackhammer tamper. So it's their way of saying, don't worry, they're going to fix the street. Yeah. They're going to tamp the sand. Even just only like one foot square. It's, it's going to it. take half a decade. <laughs> but it was just, those, hey, these people are so used to this crap. But they've I, got an yeah. automatic tamping machine. I'm assuming they've, they're a whole team is going to go. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, all these people just going up and down the street all over the place. And but that was completely unneeded. The only Someone went, you know what, though? They're going to need to fix this. So rather than just fixing the town, they're going to have to have tools to fix what happened. And so this is part of the process. Someone had that thought and then designed it, built it, and then they filmed it. <laughs> I, that, I'm, that amazes I, me. It had to be Filoni, man. He's like he's like the guy who gets everything right. And I wouldn't be surprised or, if that's some deep cut somewhere that they actually talked about this. Yeah. Like, yeah. Those The sand people come to their village. 
traveling in single file. Yep. yep. To hide their numbers. Yep. Like nobody says anything. Not a word. No one like, notices. it. <gasps> yeah. They're hiding their numbers. If it was a JJ, if it was a JJ movie, they looked up like I only see one sand person. And then someone turns their head to a 45 degree and the camera uh, it pans like out like 800 flare. feet. Yeah. <laughs> a lens flare like a, reveals. And the lens flare moves. You're like, oh, there's a million. <laughs> <laughs> and it was, it was just, it's the way they do it. This is yeah. what would happen. This is what we thought when Disney bought uh, bought Star Wars, and they said we're gonna we're making a story group that's gonna keep you know all this stuff in line. This is what we thought we were gonna get, yeah. and now we're getting it from just like a couple of whiz kid geniuses, you know, mm-hmm. well, paying attention. And that's why uh, you guys, for the most part, were like hesitantly okay with them throwing everything out of canon. Right. Like, oh, we got this group. Okay, we're going to be rolling some of this bad stuff. Yeah, and we quickly and found out they were no better at it, if not a little bit worse at it, than just the you know ragtag group of authors emailing each other back in the day. I say ragtag, and some of you know my favorite of all time, but you know, <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> also, some ragtag. But yeah, jeez, I, I, jeez, Dave. That was Filoni one of the best fifty minutes of TV I've I've seen in quite a mm-hmm. while. Mm-hmm. Intent. Yeah. Everything was on point, I think. Yeah. They better be social distancing when Filoni's around. That's all I'm saying. If we lose <laughs> yeah, Filoni to yeah. COVID, I'm taking this virus on in an arm wrestling match for for all of it. I'm gonna punch it in its big stupid face. Yeah, it's big squishy. Those pointy crystals. Face. Are, I don't know anything about those crystals. Yeah, I was gonna say I was gonna ask if you guys knew anything about those. Those are from Aftermath. Are they? And that's it. Yeah. He, okay. That's how we like they, yeah, that's right over in there. Okay. This type of crystal from Aftermath. <laughs> Got it. Yeah, I guess that makes sense that they wouldn't be anywhere else if they were from Aftermath. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Sad but true. <laughs> Sad but true. All right. I'm anyone? glad they didn't play Settlers of Space Kitchen. <laughs> oh, I did, I did want to bring up the music in this episode. Oh, right, oh, right. So good. So yeah. much of it. There was yeah. so much of it. It was like... In the first 10 minutes, we got so much variance. Well, and you think about it, because they have all the main themes down. Right. So he's mm-hmm. not having to do as much of that initial work. So now he's a, probably has a lot more time to be able to just get right in and, mm-hmm. and add. He does variations yes. on them now. Yeah. yeah. And it's And like really mixing cool. and like the, mix, a, the blending the styles. Yeah. There's stuff. a lot of like Western feel in this. Like and, more so than before. Yeah, yeah. And so that really, I think, fit the episode. So I'm really anxious to see how they go from here with the music as well heck yeah yeah so but i i the question the problem is even though mandalorian is pretty linear as a series you don't always pick up right where you left off sometimes the next episode usually you're on a different planet already i really want to know what mando's going to do with all that steak my goodness yeah, that's that, a big was side that just of beef a big chunk of steak that was a what big was chunk of dragon beef bro yeah. <laughs> okay a giant crag o beef Hey, he's got a kid to feed. Man. There's not. <laughs> he was. I, he was eyeballing it. There's too. not a doubt in my mind that that's going to come up somehow because they didn't show that for no reason. Yep. Uh, unless, I mean, I guess they could say, "Oh, look, here's your reward." But yeah. But, oh, uh, uh, it's probably like super valuable or something. I want to make a prediction before before we. Move I know on. what it is. Can I say first? I want to make a prediction. I know it too. What is it? Don't know. I was just saying that because <laughs> I know it because he already told me. <laughs> uh, well, th- but there's I've, there's more to it. I, I mentioned it to you. Um, oh. My prediction is that the uh, the last episode of the season, we're going to hear the child speak wor- his first words. 
And it's I, a him here's, so far. Here's yeah, as far as we know, I don't know. he doesn't. He, he you know, calls, he's, got, he's got the white hair instead of the brown hair. He so. calls it. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Well, they all. Yeah, they don't know him. that. Though. He calls it him all the time. Yeah. They checked. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> turn your head and cough, baby Oda. Okay, haven't thanks. haven't changed the diaper. It changes diaper. Yeah. Um, so one from the first episode, yeah, dude, he just, every time he walks, just <laughs> dragging right, a year's that's worth why he of puts him in that sack. Yeah. He's got zipped up in the sack. So they don't have to smell yeah. it. Um, so I think that's what's going to happen at the end of the season. He's going to say his first words. And I think the significance is that of that's going to be, cause you know, he's 50 years old and some of us were saying, oh, well he's maybe when he was inside that thing, he was in like some cryogenic sleep or something inside his little floating egg and stuff like that. Here's what I think. Mama. I think the species doesn't communicate vocally because Yoda struggles. He, Yoda can't speak the same way everybody else does. He speaks backwards. And I think that's because Yoda struggles, struggled to learn how to speak in any basic language. Well, basic <laughs> in Star Wars. But like Yoda struggles to speak because I think they're all telepaths because Yoda's also the one, I sense much fear in you. Like Yoda's the sensor. He's the one who can read mm. people better. Like he reads people's minds better than any of the other Jedi like an O2 in the prequels, right? He's a mind sensor. Yes, he's all that. Uh, he's a sensor pad, but he's a heat sensor. But anyway, uh, I, I yeah, I I think that yeah, I think they're probably like mostly a silent species. I, I'm I'm this is I'm like not a lot of sense. I have nothing to back uh, it up. I get it. Yaddle never said anything, if you think about it. <laughs> <laughs> I, At least I, I don't know. Maybe in the books she did. Maybe. I, who knows? But I, that's just kind of my guess, that they're going to, that something about the child being 50 and still not able to speak is going to be tied to the fact that Yoda talk funny. That's my prediction. There you go. That's my prediction for the season. Mm-hmm. Yep. My prediction for the season, last episode, when uh, Boba Fett and Mandalorian... And Sabine, and Ahsoka, and Mara Jade are all fighting. <laughs> Someone's gonna, a mysterious figure is gonna come out of the shadows, pull back its hood, and be Ezra Bridger. Yeah, saying, we need your help. And then another shadowy figure will come out of the shadows. Wow, pull down his hood. Yes, we Grand need your Admiral help. Thrawn. Yeah. yeah, my daughter has Woo, said we're if, all back together. My daughter said I'm only gonna be angry if they don't tell me what happened to Ezra. <laughs> and I was like, you're going to be angry because <laughs> yeah. I don't think they're going to hit that um, this season. So do you think Boba Fett survives this season? Oh, uh, why'd you got to do that to me? Yeah. Why, why'd He's you got to put that in my... I knew the answer from Garrick, but I knew I'd get a more honest from you. <sighs> the amount of credit that they know they're getting by making it official that Boba Fett is back. I don't think they would want to squander it that quickly, but at the same time, he, I mean, Filoni, it, it's meaningful to put things to bed because Filoni understands the importance of sacrifice. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Give me a couple more episodes. I want, to, I want, I want to get through episode three, and then I'll revisit the question. I'm, I'm not prepared to deal with it right now. <laughs> you, think, you think the next episode Boba Fett's going to confront Mandalorian? Or are they going to save that? I don't know. Well, okay, so we had that shadowy figure in the first season, which we kind of presume shadowy Mandalorian uh, was <laughs> Boba Fett, Mara Jade, <laughs> Mara Admiral Fett. Yes, um, that's the weirdest middle name, but her parents were. <laughs> Death sticks, uh, you know. <laughs> yeah, well, got it. That. <laughs> uh, so uh, now I even remember what. Oh, so 
they took this long to bring him back for this clip. for this but so are they going to go full bore in like next episode boom 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 or are they going to go because I, I, I have a hard time believing that they're going to be jumping from Tatooine to do something else yeah. and then come back. Dex. Unless, you know, he's a stowaway on a ship. But Yeah, I mean. You think they're going to have to no, resolve they're gonna, this, when right? they fly past, they're going to fly past an asteroid and then you're going to see the slave one come to life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Okay. No, I'm in. <laughs> That's the thing. No one said anything about slave one. To my knowledge, unless it's in one of the crappy books I haven't read. Uh, and someone's got to have it, though. Yeah, yeah. Because it would have been just sta- it been in the, there. In the, old, in the old canon, Dengar nabbed it, didn't he? Yeah, he had it for a while yeah. until he rescued Boba Fett. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. I loved it. Oh, questions. man. I didn't even think about that if until there's just all, now. Do we have I eight wanna... or 11 episodes? Is it eight? Mm-hmm. We don't know. Well, I'm sure we do. There's probably nope. We don't know. <laughs> well, it's we officially... impossible to tell. <laughs> <laughs> There's no method of collecting such data. Uh, but I mean, if we're gonna have, Nine. if we're gonna resolve the whole the Boba Fett question, if we're gonna have Ahsoka and and potentially Sabine show up, we and we're I gonna did. address Moff Gideon and the dark saber, Bo-Katan. That's a lot to oh, squeeze I in. About Bo-Katan. Yeah, that's a lot to squeeze in. Considering we're, you know, what, you know, seven percent or twelve percent through the season already. <laughs> but there's ten, there's eight episodes. So yeah. Oh well, right now there's eight episodes on IMDb. Right now, but right the, now. none of them are filled in except the first one. Yeah. So <laughs> right. Yeah, they don't even have the directors announced. Which but yeah, strange. we're like between twelve. We're like twelve and a half percent into the season already. Except that's episode. All- Five. That's a lot of stuff. Yeah, they have to. That has to happen. They have to get through the Boba Fett stuff, and I mean, or at least progress it. It has to. Mando and Boba Fett like team up, like Grandpa. Dude, I already got to see Timothy Oliphant quote not Michael Bean flying around with uh, Boba Fett's armor. I know that was awesome. Like him and Mando Mm. flying side by side. That was actually to me. That was also some of the best cinematography in the episode. And he's got he's got Boba Fett's armor. It doesn't make sense not to have Boba Fett come and get his armor put back on. Right. What's he gonna do with the arm? I mean, Mandalorian. What's he gonna do with it? What's his plan? It doesn't matter. It belongs to the Mandalorian. This is what I want to happen. (laughs) This is what I want to happen. I want. uh, I want. I want Mando to confront Boba Fett, and I want him to hold out the armor in a sack, like a three PO esque sack. You know, and I want I want Mando to take it and chuck it over. Or I want Boba Fett to take it and just chuck it over his shoulder, <laughs> <laughs> over the side of the cliff. Just over, the, yeah, over the side of the cliff. And he's like, what are you doing? And he's like, he's like, well, you know, my rod's down there. <laughs> and then there's, yeah, there's just lands just gently in the back of a speeder, <laughs> and he goes, you know, Boba Fett away. <laughs> goes, okay, see you. <laughs> okay, see you. He just chugs some green milk while he's driving. Yep. Away. Yep, I just or just ah. or just like he offers it to him and he goes he goes what I don't want that crap what no I'm kidding hand it over you know like, <laughs> I kind of I kind of I know they won't because we were just talking about how great it is that they don't do the wink and nods as much they do meaningful yes. callbacks but not winks and nods that's a wink and nod and a little knife twist that I would probably let slip because I would enjoy that I wonder I wonder if the Mandalorian won't let him put his helmet back on because he took it off no because that wasn't part of it back then. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if, if the question. Part of it. I wonder if the question is going to come up about whether he's a true Mandalorian or not, 
And they, because they could do two things. They could put it to bed that way, or they could put it to mm-hmm. bed by no one ever even acknowledging yeah. the question. So, yeah, I'm anyhow. okay with either way. Anyhow. Because I know they'll do it the right way. And um, that's it for the episode. Doug right. Marcus, by the way. Oh, I thought we we're jelly. I felt like this is a full. Uh, but yeah, I guess Porky Kids is here. He's got to do something. It's the Mando Special Super Large Edition. I don't know if y'all know this. But Don and I started out doing comedy during World War II in an army comedy entertainment troupe as a ventriloquist. Hmm. <laughs> and then an older comedian, like a dummy. an older comedian told him he was one funny little son of a bitch. I uh, got, got told Donnie. So when he was out on <laughs> out at sea, he just done chucked that ventriloquist dummy into the water. <laughs> <laughs> he said, hell with that. And he sunk at you, but <laughs> did he throw it over his side of his shoulder? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was some corpsman was just you know holding it out to him, and he just yeah. Oh, I don't want that. <laughs> just chucked it right over his shoulder, and I don't know I if that was on Don. a dead corpse when I was storming Iwo Jima, Jesus, man. <laughs> Chucks it over his shoulder. They hit somebody, guy, guy in the head. They fall off the boat and die. Yeah. Ah! <laughs> We're back to like a hot shots scene at this. Yeah, point. how would you like to tell that Purple Heart story? <laughs> there I was, I was oh, the deck of the USS Enterprise, yeah, exactly flagship of the fleet. <laughs> We're out of nowhere. <laughs> a ventriloquist dummy hit me in the back of the head, just like that. <laughs> Got purple Heart that day. I had to explain that one. To the <laughs> That would be a funny scene. I'm just saying. <laughs> and scene. Well done, everybody. Yeah, good, 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 good. Don freaking Knotts. That guy. Barney. Effin. Effin Fife. Actually, Barney, I've, Barney's full name. Bernard. Well, yeah, it is Bernard. Yeah. You're lying. No. Oh, he said it in one, in some episodes. Yeah, they, they, they. You're and, still lying. Uh, uh, oh, that didn't answer. My question at all. I googled it and it didn't help, but uh <laughs> but yeah. Uh Barney. He mentions it actually he mentions an episode where he thinks he was the uh descendant of a revolutionary war hero. That's the episode <laughs> he mentioned. It's season one. I can only awesome. say that because my docket very well could have been the Andy Griffith show this week. <clears throat> I've been watching a lot of Andy Griffith show. Um Don Knotts, like Mr. Furley. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? The incredible Mr. Limpet? Yeah. Yeah. Mr. Chicken, mm-hmm. as in the ghost and. <laughs> the shakiest gun in the West? The shakiest gun in the, in the West. Uh, Don yep. freaking nuts. Um, When I was a kid, the only reason why I was okay watching, like little, like young, young kid, the only reason why I was okay watching uh, Andy Griffith's show when my mom would watch it was because Barney was funny to me, you know? And also I knew that Barney shows up in Scooby-Doo and that was cool. Uh, <laughs> <That's right. laughs> yeah. And so that was fine. And then maybe like at 12 or 13 years old, I started watching again. I was like, Hey, this show's not bad. Like I actually like the show overall. Now at 41, I'm watching this show and I'm like, my gosh, this show was ahead of its time with some of its plot and it's writing Mm-hmm. Like way good, but even more so, everything Don Knotts does on screen, everything he does is amazing to me because he can do his like 
like crazy physical comedy with like the really bad judo and the karate chops and stuff like that, where he's like, he's always doing that, like that karate chop at his hip level. That makes no sense. <laughs> he even did it as Mr. Furley a hundred times, you know, but like to the, like the way he can deliver certain lines completely straight for laughs. He can deliver them completely wacky for laughs and he can take weird lines and deliver them perfectly as a setup for someone else to get the laugh. <laughs> and that's the thing that blows me away. Like how many lines he's, he's so good at setting the ball for someone else to spike it, even though he was such an expert at spiking the ball clearly. Cause Barney was the <clears throat> half the comic relief. I mean, though everybody on there was funny more or less, even aunt B had her moments, right? Yeah. <clears throat> but like Barney was the gold standard on that show. But yet, how many times he tees it up for Andy and he does it so perfectly. He's not trying to steal the scene at all. He's literally there in service of the writing and he's on all the time. Yeah. And I started thinking, man, Don Knotts was a freaking powerhouse. Yeah. And you brought up that Howie, that like maybe it was, he worked better as a second than as a lead because he didn't have that much of a lead career. Right. No, not a lot of his movies didn't do too well. Right. Yeah, I just watched uh, um, Shake His Gun in the West. You mm-hmm. brought that uh, brought that up just a few minutes ago, and um, it was a pretty good movie. I mean, uh, he was Don Knotts was, of course, hilarious, but yeah, he always seemed, even in that movie, he always seemed to his style always seemed to service the characters around him. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and and. You know that that was, you know what made what made him great. I think. no one delivers a line if he's on camera, even if he's in the background. No one delivers a line that he's not in the moment with. A lot of actors, if they're not speaking their lines at best, yeah. And I would say this, like especially in modern sitcoms and stuff like that, at best they're kind of reacting to what else is going on, but they're they're waiting to hit their next line or their next step, right? Their next, uh, their whatever cue cue. And, uh, but like, he's so in it, Star Trek. You. he's so in it. Every person on the set with him, he's keeping track of, like, you can tell because nothing anyone does, especially when he's in one of his like nervous manic modes, there's not a sound that happens that he doesn't react to, you know, his yeah. whole body, his whole body is a weapon. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's one of the running gags. I love him back in my, yeah, yeah. He is my whole body. Bernard P Milton Oliver. Yes, Five. there. I knew there was an Oliver oh, wow. in there. Yeah, yeah. It, I knew it was. That's why I was. I was like, it's a. There's a. It's a long one. Uh, yeah. Thank you, Howie. I, I, You're welcome. I'll sleep tonight. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, we were talking about it, and I'm like, you know, the thing is, I think he had all the chops to be a lead, but I feel like it's oftentimes to get the the people who are the best sidekicks. Have a have a more valuable skill than the people who are a good well, lead. Yeah, I mean, usually the leads will deliver the punchlines, or they they you have to have that second there. Yeah. Otherwise, those punchlines. If there's no ball to spike, yeah, your spiking doesn't do anything. Yeah. So I, I, in a lot of ways, I think that ends up being a more important job than. But it's like in modern comedy writing, a lot of times it's more likely that you're going to have two duos. You're not going to have a sidekick. You're going to have two people side by side. That's very common now. Yeah. You know I mean, The Rock and, uh, you know, uh, Kevin Hart. The Water. Kevin, oh, that's you know, the perfect combo. It is. Yeah. It is. You know, but but they're going to they're going to split it. You know what I'm saying? 
Um, and then, but years not that long ago, it was still I think the you know movies like Sahara or uh, what's the National Treasure. You got the lead, and then you got the sidekick comic relief. Mm-hmm. But the way that Don Knotts performed, he wasn't just the comic relief. Like he could be the focal point of the story. The story could be driven around a character he's playing because he plays it so committedly that the lead could just be doing something about him as a side character as the main story. So literally every ball is getting bounced off Don Knotts. His 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 acting, his performance, the story, his comedy, the serious situation he might be in. Like he could be all parts of it, which is why I think there's a lot of rumors and a lot of maybe books and stuff that have been written about like saying that Andy Griffith was jealous of Don Knotts, but <laughs> Don Knotts' daughter says that wasn't it at all. Like they were like the absolute best friends and they both worshiped. Yeah, each he other. brought him on for his he was his next door neighbor in Matlock. Yeah. Uh <laughs> every now and then. He Andy Griffith loved Don Knotts so much. And I mean he he was both like a mentor and his biggest fan, I think, were what Don Knotts' daughter Karen says about him. Fought to when they decided to do Matlock, he said, okay, but I want to because Don Knotts wasn't working at the time. He's like, I want to have Don Knotts on it. And they're like, no. And he's like, well, we're going to have to. And they're like, all right. And then they, they're like, all right, you can bring him on. But they didn't want to pay him very much. And Andy Griffith went, oh, hell no. He's worth more than that. And they, he fought and fought and fought to get them to raise his salary to at least be competent level for what he was going to bring to the show. You know? Uh, well, he did win three Emmys in, in his the, first yeah. five seasons. Yeah. He was only in the first five seasons of the Andy Griffith show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and the reason for that was because Andy Griffith kept saying he was going to end it after five. So Don Knotts was like, well, I mean, okay. So he made a deal with Paramount for five pictures. Yeah. And then Andy went, nah, let's do three more seasons. And Don's like, uh, Andy, <laughs> I wish you'd told me this sooner, and. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, he, he, and so he decided to just go and do those pictures and they found, uh, they found Gomer. <laughs> Actually, wow. I don't know if Gomer was already on at that point. He may well have been. I'll, I'll tell you when I get there, guys. <laughs> yeah, he was. Yeah. Okay. I uh, he wasn't a main character, but he was around. Gotcha. Gotcha. I have such an appreciation. So what I did is I watched. I realized I'd never watched The Ghost of Mr. Chicken. <laughs> and no, I was, was I was I was like, how how have I never seen this movie? No, I I was I like, I'm gonna that one. Oh really? <laughs> I know where you can watch it. Um, oh, yeah, I figured. So I uh, I sat down and I watched it with my kid thinking it's going to be a silly story about a haunted house and Don Knotts freaking out. I was only 10% right. <laughs> that's the that's the, the kicker of the plot. But it's not even remotely the most of the movie. But best part, right, right at the beginning, here he is on the street. He's like a photo- He's got a camera. He like works for a he's got a press tag in his hat and he's following this dude in spooky street. And it's a tubby drunk dude, and he's got a mustache, but I'm looking at him going, that's Otis. He's Barney <laughs> Barney is following Otis in a movie that is not in Mayberry. What is going on? And uh, yeah, sure enough, they, they don't show you his face real well, but actually it was Otis playing the town drunk. <laughs> so for those of you who don't know, in the Andy Griffith show, Otis was a town drunk, and he was always he was always just checking himself in and locking himself up. He just walked into the sheriff's station drunk put himself in the cell, lock it, hang the key on the wall, which was on a hook right next to the cell. He could just hang it from inside the cell. <laughs> and he was there for 24 hours, and then they need to let himself out and go. It was just the normal thing. It was a running gag. And so, yeah, uh, I found out that a lot, was, I think it was the first one, it might have been the first picture he did in that deal after he left, 
and like uh, the director of the movie directed a bunch of episodes of the Andy Griffith Show. A bunch of the writers helped out. They actually the story was based on one of the Andy Griffith Show episodes called A Haunted House. And oh, they, really? and yeah, and Andy Griffith, although uncredited, actually came in and helped them punch up yeah. and work out the script. Oh, that's <clears throat> yeah. I mean, these dudes were all just like lifelong friends, you know. And so, yeah, the story is actually more of a courtroom drama than anything. <laughs> he basically stays the night in a haunted house and then they write a very short article about it and he's a hero of the town <laughs> because everybody loved the article and they're all celebrating they're doing like the like the local you know chamber of commerce is doing a picnic to honor him and all this stuff but then the guy that owns the house is suing him you know saying that he lied about it and none of it was true and because part of it is like he wants to tear down the property and yada 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 it's kind of convoluted but half the movie is in a courtroom, <laughs> which uh, I didn't think was going to be the case with a movie called The Ghost and Mr. Chicken. But yeah, it was it was basically Don Knotts and sort of like a the guy who wants to be something, but he's held down. Then something happens to him and he's you know propelled to town fame and he's caught in that weird like every time Barney would like accidentally arrest someone and turned out, oh, they were actually a hardened criminal and. But it looked like Barney <laughs> caught them, but in reality, it was just a mistake. But then Barney has to be like, oh, well, you know, use my, use my body as a weapon. Like, <laughs> you do that big sniff, that big, like, thing yeah. he always did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so it's like that kind of thing. Like, he's, like, dealing with the fame. He's nervous at the, the whole time because it's it's kind of not real, but he's also trying to act like he's bigger than his britches. And, yeah, uh, there's yeah. some other thing with Shakiest Gun in the West where he knows... Uh, well, he he, he kind of knows some of the things aren't true that people are praising him for, but you know, he's yeah. Like, well, let me tell you what happened. Well, you know, here's my body. Cannot, I can't not. Yeah, say the that. the Andy Griffith show, like I think because of him is, and the, like you were saying, it's kind of timeless. Like I went, leading up to this episode, I, I was watching a few episodes, and my daughter came in, and she's kind of uh hyperactive <laughs> wait your she, offspring is kind of hyperactive <laughs> so, yeah she we had just watched the mandalorian and she was jumping around yeah. running around she wasn't watching so i'm like okay fine i'll turn on the andy griffith show since she's just like going nuts and i can't hear anything mm. and she came down sat on the couch and watched the whole episode without moving a muscle yep I kept looking over at her like, I, is she dead? <laughs> she okay? Is she sleeping? But no, she, it's like, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's like, you know, they, <laughs> it sounds bad, but they tell babies, you know, you're supposed to only show them black and white pictures because it's easier for them to, uh, you know, process. And, you know, maybe, maybe since it was such a simple, you know, black and white look, but, you know, grayscale that it yeah. was easy to process. And, and it's all dialogue, which was, I was, it's so much dialogue there's no slapstick but we were watching the christmas episode oh Um, was it the one with the guy the 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 old guy the old guy (laughs) that that was first season and that episode i've never seen that episode until the other day garrick and i'm like this is going into my good it is going into my list of tv christmas episodes to get in around christmas it's only what like 20 or so minutes long 25 25 minutes they didn't have as many commercials they packed like just this the simplicity of it yet it it's a scrooge it's basically the scrooge story but yeah without, without the ghosts the, scrooge you no know, there's the old guy yeah. who's you know 
uh, you know, crotchety and he hates Christmas. And, and he's, he yeah, up, he's basically trying to turn somebody out on their butt because he wants to build a warehouse. It's such a, it's such a good plot. Like with Barney <clears throat> and Andy, how, how positive they are. Yeah. Like my, my daughter watched the whole thing and I was, she's like, I'm like, okay, well, this is turn off. She's like, well, can we watch another one? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that, <laughs> seriously, that episode was one of the best half hour episodes of TV I've ever seen. And I, I was blown away. Just I was going down. Ago. I found a list going down the best episodes by some whatever people's mm-hmm. metrics, and so I watched the Barney's first car episode. Oh, I don't oh know that. I've seen, I haven't like, seen that one. Oh, so he, it's if you want to see uh, Don Knotts, just like his comedy chops. That episode is amazing because he has he's like saved up all this money. He's got three hundred whole dollars. Mm. He wants to make a big purchase, so he finds a car mm. in the uh, classifieds, and this old lady brings it up. She's like, "Well, yeah, you know, I only drive it on Sundays into church, and I always keep it under twenty-five miles per hour, and I never drive it longer than an hour." And they're just like, "Oh, this is the perfect car," and it, you know, it ends up this old lady's just like a scammer that works for this, uh, I guess, shady chop shop, and nice. he's given this lemon. And so the car just starts falling apart while all his friends are in there. <laughs> and it, like he's he's going, he's like, oh yeah, let's go to a drive. You know, he's so happy he's got this new car. So he packs all his friends in there. He's got Opie and uh, Alice and like <laughs> some girl. And, mm. you know, I think Gomer was there, or Goober, one of the two. Yeah. And so the car just starts slowly breaking down. And as it's slowly breaking down, you see Don not slowly breaking down with it. Yes. <laughs> and at the end, the car dies and he's just like this husk of a person. <laughs> and he's like, he goes, it's, it's amazing. The range he just shows in that short episode. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would just watch uh, an episode uh, and I, I know this is very Andy Griffith heavy, but I mean, Andy Griffith is definitely the biggest show of Don not like talent. Of all the stuff he's done, you know, even Apple Dumpling Gang, all that, like Andy Griffith Show, you're going to get it raw, pure, right? Um, an episode where this uh, this guy uh, broke out of a prison, and the you know he's got state troopers chasing him, but he gets into Mayberry, you know, he like steals a car, changes, steals some clothes, he gets into Mayberry, and he's standing there just trying to blend in, and uh, you know, and, or. Barney walks up and he's just talking to him. But then the other cops come around the corner. The guy freaks. He tries to run away, but he literally his limbs get tangled up with Barney's limbs and they end up falling to the ground and the guy can't get <laughs> up. And Don Knotts, there's all this physical tussling going like the guy's like kicking and up. And Don Knotts is somehow just keeping this look on his face of what the hell's happening to me <laughs> rather than actually reacting to what's happening to his body. He's just, his face is like, I don't even know what's happening right now. <laughs> and the guy gets tangled up. So the troopers get out and they're like, Oh, way to go deputy. You know, uh, you, you captured this guy and he's like, what? And, and everybody's coming up and they're like clapping. Like you see Barney take down that guy. And of course he's doing his thing where he's trying to, once he figures out what kind of, and, and he comes out, how'd you do it? And he goes, I don't know. It, it all happens so fast, you know? <laughs> but then of course he's like, all right, I'm going to start Barney up and be like, wow, well, you know, he's my body's woman. Um, but <laughs> there's a scene later where, like, you know, Aunt B, they decide to throw a small party congratulating Barney because Barney always wants action, right? He's as a deputy, he feels like he does, he doesn't see enough action. And so they're like, let's throw a party. It's really important to him. And he walks in a surprise party, and the state troopers are there because, uh, you know, they got like a town over and the guy escaped again. 
And the dude had said when they arrested him, I'm going to, I'm going to get you for, I won't forget this deputy. I'm going to get you for this. So the guy's escaped. He's headed for Mayberry and they tell Barney this. And this is where like right here, Don Knotts has just played every part of that character's range. And when they tell him this, they don't play it for comedy. The look of like fear on his face, but also trying, I mean, it's the old days, right? He's, he wants to be a man's man. So he's not going to break down, but yet you see the struggle just in one camera shot and the camera gets in real close (laughs) on him and it would have been a cut to commercial, but, uh, like, and by the way, if you want to watch Andy Griffith show, it's all on Amazon prime. Uh, right. Yeah. uh, Everything. Yeah. So, well, not return to Mayberry. Unfortunately, that's Uh, literally nowhere. You can try to piece it together on YouTube, but it ain't easy. Um, so sorry. I was, I liked return to Mayberry. It was the eighties thing. <clears throat> but like the yeah the, the 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 terror on his face and then so after the commercial break you're back in the sheriff station and they're you know the state troopers Andy you're landing out of plan and and he's like now barn you know I don't blame you if you want to sit this one out blah 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 because he I mean Barney's pacing this guy's out to kill him you know and it, it, and he stops he kind of leans on Andy's desk and he looks at him and he goes well Andy let's go in like. The most powerful, quiet, barely got your strength together voice. And it's just like, how are you doing this? You're <laughs> this like comedy, goofball, physical, you know, crazy face, bug eyed genius. But like this, like, here you are, like him finding his inner strength without faking it, without playing it for laughs. I think like just very. And then Andy, you know, you get to see Andy Griffith's face, look and see that resoluteness on Barney. And, and, and he doesn't smile. With his mouth's mouth, he smiles with his eyes, and it's just like, gosh, dang, these guys were good together. <laughs> yeah, okay. I, uh, I, I, I just, you know, you you talk about how it's all dialogue. I don't know. I mean, there, yeah, there's a lot of southern charmisms. Slapstick. Yeah, there's some slapstick. Um, but it's amazing the amount of dialogue that's in the show that has humor that's not like vaudevillian timing humor. Mm-hmm. Most of the really good humor from back then, you know, late fifties, early sixties, was very vaudevillian, and I think one of the re- one of the things that you know, well, the reason why Andy Griffith got famous enough to have a show is because of his like spoken word. Uh, what was it like? Now, see, that's that's football, or what that is, that's football. I don't remember what it was called, but it's is his drawl and the whole Southern charm thing, and they rely on a lot of that. Like first couple episodes. It's definitely more Andy heavy before they get into Barney that much, you know, because and that was the right thing to do. But halfway through the first season, that's just that's just the wrapping paper. There's way more substance there, man. I'm going to just start talking about the Andy Griffith show. I mean, it's weird, you know, a bunch of a bunch of middle aged white dudes talking about the Andy Griffith show. I know some people think of Mayberry in a negative way, like the concept of a Mayberry is like, you know, old white bread and all that stuff. But I'm actually I'm really impressed at how many issues like that, like, you know, I was just talking about like, you know, Barney dealing with his own mortality, even though he's finally seen the action that he wanted to uh, see all his life. But the number of progressive, what would have been progressive issues, you know, the, it's the second episode. Uh, uh, Ellie shows up to town to take over the drugstore because uh, her uncle who runs a drugstore has been sick and she's college educated. She's hanging her pharmaceutical degree right underneath his and everything. And, Andy having to it was Andy having to deal with like he thinks that she's uppity and that she's not treating people right but she's teach teaches him a lesson she has a little bit of a lesson too but like Andy is so fallible he gets it wrong so much 
in that show. And so, yeah, there was like, there was that. And then later on, she runs for the city council and all the men are just like, what? And all the women are like, yeah. But then Andy has to come around and face it because at this point they're kind of dating. <laughs> and like, and, and and there's there's all that that, that happens there and that deals with like is, a lot of like issues of poverty. There's a, there's a lot of that, like dealing with like serious poverty issues and stuff, you know. Like at one point, Ellie wants to give this girl some makeup and stuff, but she can't because she can't afford it. And Ellie just wants to give it to her because she keeps admiring it in the store. And it's because her dad's poor, has no sons, and needs her to work on the farm. And he doesn't want her to have any of that girly stuff because he's her only offspring, just him and her. And they're like having to deal with that kind of interesting social situation. It's a pretty cool show. And, but yeah, to draw it back specifically to Don Knotts, the amount of things that they could do with his character either getting into a situation or resolving a situation or being put in a situation by the other characters that might be artificial because he could play anything, anything. Mr. Yeah. Furley guys, Mr. Furley. <laughs> when people think of three, if you're our age and you think of three's company, most people don't think of the Ropers. No. I mean, the Ropers, who were so popular, you know, they were the landlords of the building. They were so popular, they got their own spinoff where they moved and it was called the Ropers. And then Mr. Furley moved in to take over as the landlord of the building. And that's who everybody remembers, Mr. Furley, because Don Knotts was hilarious on that show. It was freaking yep. little karate hands. <laughs> <laughs> My gosh. Like, Making sure he wasn't consorting mm -hmm. in his in his uh, apartment there. You know? Yeah, yeah. Oh, you know. It, it, I I just feel like I feel like his career it, it just missed. I wish there was more. There, it yeah. feels like for his level of genius, and I feel like okay, I get what the people around him were talking about before he died or around the time when he died. Yeah, it's that it's a it's a it's a crime that there's not. Twice as much Don Not stuff. To I remember enjoy. being younger and wanting to watch more of him, and not being able to, and I didn't understand mm -hmm. why. Because mm -hmm. because I, mean, I I do specifically. I mean, he's a pretty clean guy. For, oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh, so, but now you know, being older, and it's like, oh, his career just was not put on the right path mm -hmm. to, to to utilize his abilities because. I don't yeah. think Hollywood knew what to do with someone like him. They had he he was before his time. Yeah. Like he was perfect and he knew what to do with him. Yeah. But mm -hmm. other than that, I don't think Hollywood knew what to do with him. What do you do with a goofy looking guy with that kind <laughs> of chops? Hollywood at that point, everybody yeah. had to, you know, look like Errol Flynn. Everybody had to have the the chiseled chin. I mean, shoot, Andy Griffith had it. Tall, you know, good build, uh, good chin. That's dark hair. That's what they all were. But goofy looking Don Knotts, they I knew mean, they needed them, but they didn't know what to do with them. Exactly, yeah. they didn't. They didn't know what to do with nerd characters yet. That's very true. That's the thing. Think about if somebody with Don Knotts were to float to the top today, I wonder what it would look like. Yeah, you know. Uh, yeah. But yeah, Don Knotts. Um, it, it's like I, I'm going to go back and watch Apple Dumpling Gang. I'm going to watch Shaky's Gun in the West. You know, offensive Native American depictions aside. <laughs> I assume that from any comedic western from that era. Yes, I'm gonna watch Apple and Dumble Gang rides oh. again because I mean Tim Conway and, and Don Knotts uh, were a Marvel team up. Shakiest Gun in the West, you know, he's a dentist, and the first, the first scene in the whole thing, he's graduating, uh, being a dentist, 
and he has to, his final exam or whatever is to fix this tooth on this lady who doesn't want to open her mouth at all. So there's this whole <laughs> physical comedy of trying to get her mouth open. Really? The instructor doctor comes over and he gets tangled in. They get tangled up together. You reminded me of what of you're <laughs> Tim yeah. Conway doing the dentist on Carol Burnett show so, is what that reminds me of. So it, uh, uh, yeah, it's it's pretty funny, but then they end up moving out west, and because he, he's from Philadelphia, and so <laughs> he's going to be the first dentist out in the west. Nice. Yeah, I have to watch that one real soon. Yeah, that's yeah. The the Native Americans are by today's standards are <laughs> angle <pretty> fly. <laughs> They're not Native American or Filipino enough to play Native Americans. Yeah, right. Because right. that's what the the girl on Yellowstone, Filipino, right. I be- yeah, I think that was right. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I think I told you that, right? Yeah, I think that came from you. I have no other source other than <laughs> you, so I hope you're confident on that. Garrick Yellowstone, yeah, 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 Garrick yeah. Yellowstone, bro. I don't. Do believe that's Garrett. too sad. Yellowstone, <laughs> yeah, it sounds depressing. It's I don't need not. that. Right it's now. close, but it's not. Okay. It is. It, it is. There's a lot of angst. They would it. be well served Ugh. to have a Don Knotts on that. I'm yes. Well. Over angst. <laughs> With that, well, I'm you know what? So over angst. You know, you know what? Yellowstone's Don Knotts is the bunkhouse. Yeah, that's true. Actually, Yellowstone's <laughs> that, Don Knotts is the the dude that they brand in the first episode. What's his name? What's, what's the What's the Don Knotts of Star Wars? Let's Let's do this for every the Don, <laughs> The Don Knotts. Which Star Wars? You have to narrow that down because some oh, don't. Probably R two, right? Yeah, I would actually. I would say it would be R two and three PO divided by two. Oh yeah, I like that. Yeah, merge them together. Yep, I believe. I believe because you have to have the nervousness of three PO with the the uh, the comedic timing <laughs> of R two. I guess <laughs> the sass, the sass the of R two. Yeah, you gotta have the sass. Yeah, yeah. Who is the Don Knotts of Star Trek: The Next Generation? Oh, Barkley. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's too on the nose. I would have said if you merge uh, Data's uh, awkwardness with uh, Worf's awkwardness, Worf. different brand of awkwardness, and divide by two. An average... Maybe, of, <laughs> maybe throw a, a teaspoon of Alexander in there. There you go. Yeah, a little bit. A little, mix in a little, a little Alexander. That's fine. I'm fine with that. A little bit of uh, Wesley Crusher. Actually, just oh yeah, Wesley Crusher. Everybody yeah. on Star Trek: Next Generation was Don Knotts of Star Trek: Next Generation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If you think about it, <laughs> you got to dig deep. If you, if you had the holodeck, you'd definitely hang out with Don Knotts. <laughs> the holodeck. Heck All yeah, right. I'd hang. I'd be right I'd in those Matlock episodes. Him. The Don Knotts of the holiday special. Well, I look, at um, first, I got to make sure Art Carney. Yeah, I was gonna say Art Carney was now. <laughs> Now, maybe it would have been itchy, Lumpy? itchy, getting real horny for his Wookiee <laughs> yeah. porn vids. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Nailed it. Oh, man. Have we mentioned this Star Wars Lego holidays? Did we mention it last week? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. When's that coming out? November 17th. November 17th. All right. Yeah. All right. Go. On Life Day. Don't you know Next Life time Day? we record, dang it, it. We will not have watched it yet. Dang it. Dang it. Oh, man. I'm looking forward to that. Looking forward to that. But in the meantime... Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch some more of Don Knotts movies. Like I, I I'm in the mood to because there's not that much. I'm in the mood yeah. to consume it well, all because I have such a fascination. I really want to right put now. a challenge out there for <clears throat> people to go back and watch some of the Andy Griffith show and tell us what you think about it. I mean, it, it can't be everybody's cup of tea, right? No, some people right. just even that that Southern folk, you know, North Carolina thing is but gonna turn them off. But the thing is, if you can 
if you can allow yourself to watch it, all of a sudden it's it's so calming. Yeah. And like today's fast paced like craziness. Mm-hmm. Watching something like that, I think, makes your brain better. Yep. And you it's can just, see that kid, simple. that it's little simple, kid yeah. who's, you know, having to give his nickel, milk money nickel to a bully. He's kicking a can down the street. He's not allowed to hang out at the jailhouse because it's a bad influence. You know, he's, you know, his teachers t- asking him if he washed behind his neck, grew up to direct Star Wars. I'm just saying. Just saying. <laughs> yep. You want to hear an interesting fact about um, about the Andy Griffith show? Absolutely. And, and the return to Mayberry? Yeah. Okay, so here it is. So uh, they built a statue in North Carolina. Yeah, the Don, yeah the Barney Five statue. No, not that different one. Oh. It had uh, had Andy Griffith and Opie, and there it's that scene from the opening credits where they had fishing poles. Oh, okay. And it looks great. So they put that in Raleigh, North Carolina. Yep. Well, uh, Andy Griffith spent most of his time in Mount or uh, Mount Airy. Yeah, that's his hometown. That's where, I thought. Where they got the name Mayberry, mm-hmm. derived it from there. And so he, instead of putting it there, they put it in the Capitol. So when they asked him if he wanted to do the Return to Mayberry TV special, he said no. But he said, well, I guess if you put the exact same statue in Mount Airy, I'll do it. And so <laughs> TV Land had to pay out to get the exact same statue duplicated. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> put in Mount Airy. <clears throat> so there's two exact same statues in North Carolina. Here's another fun fact. <laughs> they wanted to make a Barney Five statue to go in North Carolina as well. I think in Mount Airy. They got like destroyed. Yeah, the, but then yeah, yeah, the thing is the people who held the rights to the show, I forget who it was, said, no, we own the rights to that character's likeness. So they, while making the statue, they had to destroy the statue. No. But then, just a couple years ago, in uh, Don Knotts' hometown of Morgantown, West Virginia, they put a statue of him sitting on a bench outside of a building. And I saw that statue a year and a half ago, or nice. a couple of years ago, when we went out. We were we went out through like Hershey, and we went down to uh, Mount Vernon and stuff like that. We came back, and we got off at Morgantown which is right. The highway swoops north up through Pennsylvania to take over through Ohio. And we're like, all right, this is where the highway bends. We're going to get off, get gas and find something to eat. And it was a college town. So we figured there'd be food everywhere. And we had trouble finding any restaurants open at a normal, like Saturday afternoon. It was really weird. It was so strange. There were people everywhere. We couldn't find anywhere to eat. That wasn't just fast food other than like one or two looking places. But we were cruising past and I saw the statue. I'm like, Oh, Oh, that's that's the, that's here. <laughs> like, I freaked out. I was like, oh, the Don Knotts had you. Which I just barely glanced at, but I recognized it because he's sitting down like almost yeah. like Ronald McDonald style on a bench. So disappointingly, that Don Knotts statue was not in Morgantown in Fallout 76. And I was really disappointed by that. No. <laughs> yeah. You can walk right through there. No statue. I don't care if it's cannon breaking. There, there should be a statue of a dude there at least. That would make me feel better. That would make me feel better. But yeah, yeah, go out. I, 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 I gotta say, um, I didn't. I was watching. The reason why I started watching a Griffith show was because it's like you, you guys know, I, I've, I've been doing all these old sitcoms because if I'm like stressed out at work or whatever, and I need to cool my brain down before I go to sleep, I don't want to watch anything that's gonna make me think that hard, right? Mm-hmm. And since apparently I don't read anymore, I, uh, I, I don't want to get on social media i don't want because that's all garbage right now so that's what i've been using old tv for i'm turning into my dad really 
but I turn it on to turn myself off. And it's like Kim's convenience. I'm watching four episodes in a clip. Like I'm, and I'm literally, I'm just going straight through it. Yeah. And yeah, some are better than others, but I haven't watched one yet that I've enjoyed. There are a few times where there's like that time dilation awkwardness and some of the things they do, but there's almost always like a really good resolution to all of it. And I'm just like, none of this makes me feel weird because most of the time, like even through the eighties and nineties, when you were watching the old shows and syndication, the stuff that had really offensive stuff in it, it's not in the syndicate. They're not playing them. So you go back now that all the stuff streaming and you will watch every episode. You're like, oh, my God, I don't remember this. Oh, they said that. Ooh, I didn't ever run. Off. Oh, I had no idea. I'm not getting that. I'm not getting that at all. You know, just every now and then you're like, well, that's kind of backwards. Oh, they learned their lesson. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, this is great. I'm really jo-. now that doesn't mean that I I mean, there's plenty to go. That doesn't mean it won't happen. But so far, I've just been super impressed. But yeah, I wish there was more Don Knotts to watch i have not seen the apple dumpling gang rides again since i was really young but as i recall that one was more don Knotts and tim conway than anything else is that on d plus probably i know that apple dumpling gang is so i would assume rides again is on there if they haven't got well if they've gotten to it if i go into d plus i'm gonna want to watch mandalorian again yeah i've watched it two and a half times already yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. so please listeners dear listeners uh yeah, join us on uh, Discord, won't you? Go to betterkind.com, find our Discord link, join us on there, and tell us, uh, what do you think uh, of who the comedic powerhouses were of yesteryear? There's obviously more. I go on about Laurel and Hardy, if I really want to go back. I can go on about Abbott and Costello, and geez, Jerry Lewis definitely deserves his rightful place right up there. Um, but yeah, I'm interested to hear the kind of classic comedy, uh, if anything, that really appeals to you guys. Uh, so join us on our Discord and uh, and share with us that. Also, we got a a Mando spoiler room going. If you listen to this all the way through, you can probably hit the spoiler room at this point uh, on the Discord channel where we are just, I mean, I'm going to tell you what, every day that a new episode comes out is going to be lit up in there with people having explosives. Hey, um, can we just play Welcome Back just because the Mandalorian came back for another Welcome back. Sounds like kind of a piece of the song. It's that good. Welcome this is the reason why I'm okay playing it. We went through it. Also covers anything we forgot. There you go. Because I <laughs> there's stuff in there that I'm sure we didn't pick up on in the podcast here. Yeah. That uh, and if there's something we didn't pick up on, please let us know because I want to know. Yeah. Now, now, welcome backs are very important to us, and we will play for a welcome back. If we missed it, get on Discord, go in the Mando spoiler pit. And drop some welcome backs on us. Things that we miss that are getting recanonized just ever so mm-hmm. casually. Uh, I love Easter eggs. I can't wait to hit welcome back when Michael Michael Bean's actually on it. Because to <laughs> me, <laughs> the, 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 and I'm like, hey, it's be? back again. Because <laughs> he was there for a moment, <laughs> and now he's not. <laughs> John Leguizamo was in it. Did you know that? No. Yeah. Who? He was the he was the voice of the one eyed dude. He that sounded was, exactly like John Favreau. Thank I you, because I thought it was John Favreau. Yeah, Howie, Howie like and him. I were both positive that was John Favreau. Howie goes, Howie like goes, Howie goes, because we were we were going through it, like forwarding through it and watching pieces of it before the podcast. And Howie goes, "Is that John Favreau?" And I just went, "Yes." I'm like, "Hell yeah!" Yeah, it there's was, no doubt in my mind. And I looked it up and said, "John Leguizamo." I'm like, "I'm playing the what? voice back in my head, and I believe it." John Leguizamo doing John Favreau doing that. Game? <laughs> <laughs> I guess. I yeah. mean, even that character looked like. Favreau in a suit. <laughs> well, it was shorter than Favreau. 
and chubbier and shorter arms. Maybe maybe Favreau, yeah, maybe he was playing the character, but John Leguizamo was doing the voice. No, it was too short. It's too short to no, be Favreau. No, 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 that's Favreau. That dude, that dude looked like my height. You were wrong about being. You're, you're right. You're right. I, do, I, have, I have no credibility at all. Yeah, so. I'm just making this up so you'll be right about it. Right? Thanks, man. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. <laughs> In the meantime, won't you uh, won't you run out wherever you get the podcast? Give us a nice little review so we reach more listeners just like you. Uh, but yeah, hit us up on Discord because that's where the fun begins, right, y'all? I'm yep. Corey. Over there's Howie. It never stops. Okay, see you. Okay, see you. Over there's Garrick. Boba Fett lives. Boba Fett lives as Woo-hoo. well. And Mike has a clap. He's leaking jelly everywhere. It's disgusting. <laughs> it's disgusting <laughs> everywhere. That's nasty. You guys saw Mara Jade, right? I did. Yeah, he did. Everywhere. <laughs> Every character. <laughs> Garrick Mara Jade did everywhere. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah.